So that's Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Father, we pray that as we uh, consider your word now, that by your spirit that you would be opening up our minds and changing our hearts, uh, that we would be those who trust in Jesus and live with him as our king. In his name we pray. Amen. I wonder, what are you looking forward to most when COVID-19 is over? I'm thinking uh, some normality, uh, some uh, certainty about things might might be nice, because the last 12 months has been very uncertain, hasn't it? Uh, Think about it. It was just over a year ago that uh, we here in Port Macquarie were, um, were surrounded by fires. And do you remember that day? There was one day when we had in Port Macquarie the worst air pollution in the entire world. Do you remember that? And uh, remember the day when at about three o'clock in the afternoon uh, the whole town turned a dark, deep orange? That was was crazy, wasn't it? Uh, what What an uncertain and unusual time that was. And then as fires wreaked Uh, destruction across Australia, uh, we were hearing reports from overseas about this virus that was happening in some other place, uh, little knowing that it would soon become one of the defining uh, issues of our lives. Who would have imagined? Who would have imagined uh, people, ordinary Australians, fighting in supermarket aisles over who gets the last packet of toilet paper Uh, or closing down businesses, closing down schools, closing down even churches. It's not the year that we planned for, was it? I certainly didn't plan for that for my 2020. And even now, this is not over. Uh, We cannot be certain of what lies ahead. And yet life is always uncertain because uh, human history is a litany of wars, of plagues, of uh, famines, 
of disasters. And we just happen to be people who uh, have been unusually blessed uh, with a very long period of peace, prosperity and health. But we live in an uncertain world. And yet throughout the upheavals of the centuries, there is one thing which remains the same. Now, uh, Christmas is different this year, uh, but the historical event which we celebrated Christmas has been constant uh, throughout all of the turbulence of over 2,000 years. On Friday, we're going to be considering the, the actual event of the birth of Jesus, but the background uh, to the birth of Jesus, I think, is very helpful for us to understand. And that's what we'll be doing today. Now, in Australia, apart, apart from bushfires, floods and cyclones, what is the other major disaster that we often experience? It's drought, isn't it? We're a, a nation uh, that experiences droughts. In Luke chapter 1, uh, which you might want to have open in your Bibles, uh, God's people had been in a very long drought. And I'm not talking about a drought due to the absence of rain. I'm talking about a drought of the absence of God's revelation of himself to his people. Because God had normally spoken to his people through prophets, but there had been 400 years of silence from God. That's a long time, isn't it, when you think about it? 400 years? I did the calculation on that. That's seven times the number of years that I've lived. Uh, for some of you, uh, it'll be more than seven times the years that you've lived. That's what I call a communication drought from God uh, between the Old and New Testaments. But worse than that, uh, the Old Testament does not actually finish on a good note. The Old Testament uh, didn't finish very well. Uh, in our Bibles, the uh, last book of the Bible of the Old Testament is Malachi, but that's just because of the groupings of the way that the, the books are ordered in the Old Testament. But chronologically, in terms of history, the last book of the Bible is Nehemiah. And Nehemiah ends with Israel rebelling against God, with Israel uh, committing sin. And then there is 400 years of silence from God. Now, of course, uh, ungodly Jews may not have cared particularly um, much about this. But godly Jews, for godly Jews, their hearts yearned for that time when God uh, would again be speaking to his people. And, and this is not a yearning which was uh, some kind of a vain hope, because uh, although the Old Testament ended with Israel's sin, uh, God had promised more. Uh, God had long promised that one day that he would save his people and that God's king would be established as being the ruler over the entire world. And that's the background. And that's important background. Because in Luke chapter 1, God breaks his silence. How did he do that? Well, he didn't do so through a prophet, and he certainly didn't so by uh, convening a gathering of the religious leaders of the time. No, how did God break his silence? Well, he sent an angel, an angel to someone who was really a, a humble nobody in the eyes of the world. 
Now, uh, when you think of um, the image of an angel, uh, what, what do you think of? Look, for me, I cannot get this out of my mind because when I was growing up, it was Christmas time and we were decorating the Christmas tree, mum would always pull out this um, angel doll from a shoebox and we'd plonk it on top of the Christmas tree. Uh, she was pink and she had wings. I remember her very well and I think we've actually got some things like that at home right at the very moment. But uh, in the Bible, uh, the word angel simply means messenger, a messenger from God, whether with wings or not with wings. An angel is a messenger. And the Bible doesn't actually say a whole lot about angels. Uh, it does tell us that they are created beings, uh, that they are created spiritual beings. Uh, one of them we know had, had a name. Uh, his name was Gabriel, or is Gabriel. And indeed it was Gabriel who had much earlier on in Israel's history had appeared to, to Daniel. And now, in the first half of Luke chapter 1, Gabriel appears again. Uh, he appears to a, a godly Jew, a, a man by the name of Zechariah, whose barren wife, Elizabeth, was about to be blessed by God with a baby. How about that? And the baby's name was to be called, can anyone tell me? John. And John had a specific purpose. John would be the one who would prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. And so that's Gabriel's message um, to Zechariah. Six months later, uh, in Elizabeth's sixth year of her pregnancy, Gabriel appeared again, this time with a message for a young woman by the name of Mary. Now let's pick that up in verse 26. Uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. So uh, Mary was a virgin uh, who was engaged to marry a man by the name of Joseph. And being engaged uh, was actually quite different to what being engaged means today. In fact, I don't really, I'm not quite sure what being engaged means today. It seems to be changing all the time. But uh, in the first century, legally, to be engaged uh, was a bit like being married, but without the sexual relationship, uh, which would come after marriage, which, by the way, is still God's plan uh, for sex, just as an aside. But the point is that the engagement had legal status. Now, uh, we might think that, um, wow, to be visited by an angel, wouldn't that be wonderful? How would you think about that? Well, I reckon it might depend on why the angel is visiting you, don't you? <laughs> and uh, this was on Mary's mind. In verse 29, we're told that Mary was actually greatly troubled at his words and she wondered what kind of greeting 
Might this be? Indeed. You know, it sounds like Mary is thinking to herself, am I in trouble with God? And fair enough. Because like you and me, Mary was sinful. Maybe this visit was about judgment. It is actually right to fear the Lord. And so in verse 30, the angel calms down the situation and basically says to her, if I can put in my own words, he says to her, don't, don't be afraid, Mary. I assure you there's, there's nothing to worry about because you have in fact found favour with God and he's going to bless you. How so? Verse 31. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, uh, friends, this is the thing which had remained unchanged for Israel, for God's people. Um, think about it, the last time that Gabriel had appeared, the time of Daniel, uh, Israel was um, being, being ruled by the Babylonians. And after the Babylonians, they were ruled by the Persians. And after the Persians, they were ruled by the Greeks. And after the Greeks, well, they are now ruled by the Romans. And yet throughout all of that turmoil and that occupation by foreigners, that throughout all of the uncertainty, God's promise had remained the same. And here in the words of the angel, we see the, the fulfilment of God's promise uh, is now about to happen. They're on the verge, they're on the cusp of its fulfilment. Uh, listen, for example, uh, to this prophecy from Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, what does the word Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. So, so what did Gabriel announce to the virgin, sorry, to the actual, the real virgin Mary? Uh, he said, you will be with child and give birth to a son and will give him the name, uh, not Emmanuel, but Jesus. What does Jesus mean? The Lord saves. And so this child would be God with us who saves us. Um, Psalm 2 is another great prophecy. Uh, in which God declares that his son uh, would be installed as the king over the world and that his kingdom would never end. And here's another prophecy from Isaiah. If you're able to flip this up in your Bibles, I'm sorry you don't have it on the screen, but Isaiah chapter 9 might be good to look at. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Let's give you a moment to flip that up. Let me start reading. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. It's a great prophecy, isn't it? And those who are familiar with Handel's Messiah know that prophecy very well. But why did God break his silence after 400 years? Well, because he now had something to say. Uh, because God's hope-giving promises were about to be fulfilled in the baby uh, which Mary would carry. The virgin would be with child. The child would be the son of the Most High and his kingdom would reign forever. Now, this is a stunning announcement. But there was something else which um, Mary had in mind as she's trying to process all of that, something which really stunned Mary. And for her, it's not so much the who this child will be, uh, it's more like how this child will be. And verse 34, how will, be, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, um, there is a lot of false teaching in churches which uh, wrongly exalt Mary. Um, for example, uh, instead of Mary being greatly favoured in verse 28, uh, there are churches that say that uh, Mary can actually be the one who bestows favours. And they say that uh, Mary always remained a virgin, despite the fact the Bible says that she had other sons. And because she was the mother of Jesus, well, they call her the mother of God, and she's therefore without sin, which means that she's in heaven, that she can hear your prayers. And uh, you can go to her rather than going to God through Jesus because if you go to her, she can have a gentle motherly um, word with her son on your behalf. And so people actually pray to Mary, saying, Hail Mary, uh, full of grace. Which, of course, is absolute idolatry. And it's, it's a false gospel, a gospel that... Uh, leads people away from putting their trust uh, in uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet what we do see here is Mary's courage. For in verse 34, Mary rightly understood uh, that the angel Gabriel was saying to her that this birth would happen before the marriage to Joseph. She rightly understood that. And so when her pregnancy began to show, what would others think? What would Joseph think? Well, Joseph would, uh, would think that she's actually been intimate with another man. And he would, he would want to divorce her from the engagement, which was a necessary legal requirement to divorce the person from the engagement. In fact, uh, we learn from the other Gospels that he actively considered doing this. And more than that, uh, the strict legal penalty for Mary uh, would be execution by stoning. And yet in verse 38, she submits herself to what Gabriel had announced. 
See what she says? She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. That is, her trust is expressed in courage. But how would she conceive? Verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, uh, the angel is, is really quite respectful in terms of how he, he puts this to Mary, that uh, she would be overshadowed by the power of God. The power of God is what's going to take over. The power of God is what is going to bring about uh, this conception. That is, it is all of God. Uh, it's not that, you know, it's that the, the Holy Spirit somehow mates with Mary. And it's not just that the child has no genetic connection with Joseph, because that is also true of Mary. The child has no genetic connection with Mary. And it's the really important thing about this birth. Because all human beings, Mary included, are affected by original sin. Uh, that's the sinful nature which is passed down to us generation after generation after generation, starting with Adam and Eve. And that's why um, to sin comes so naturally for us. That's our natural predisposition, is to be selfish, to sin, to want to live our lives our way uh, without God. And it's why we need a saviour, someone who is free from original sin. It's why God sent Jesus. For the baby born to Mary was no ordinary child. He was Emmanuel, God come as man. Uh, that's, um, that's what the words of the Christmas carol mean. You know, the one that uh, goes, um, how's it go, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Called Emmanuel because he is God with us. Called Jesus because he came to save us. As 33 years later, he would die on the cross and pay the penalty for our sin so that we can be forgiven. So, this Friday is Christmas Day. And uh, in some parts of the world, there is a lot of uncertainty about how it's going to play out, with families unable to gather. Uh, right across Europe, um, uh, country after country after country, are in various degrees of lockdown. Um, some releasing it a, a little bit for uh, Christmas Day, but uh, many countries in degrees of lockdown. Even the Italians, the Italians on Christmas Day are not allowed to leave their homes, except for some emergency. And what about Sydney? Well, who knows? Um, carols in the Domain this year will have 
zero people in the audience. That won't be the same, will it? Uh, no shots of uh, no camera shots of little children holding their flickering candles or falling asleep in mum's arms while uh, Silent Night is being sung. And I've even heard that there may not even be a Sydney to Hobart yacht race this year. It's been cancelled. Well, there's, there's a degree of certainty <laughs> in this uncertain world. How about that? And yet the reality of Christmas never changes, does it? For the baby born to Mary is now risen from the dead. And indeed, he rules over God's everlasting kingdom. That is the truth which is our constant. So that in the midst of both the, the joys, the uncertainties of life, it is our sure and our certain hope. Which means that if we trust in Christ, then we can face the days ahead in the security which comes from trusting and loving and knowing the one who is the king over the world forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your um, constant plan has always been to bring salvation uh, to those who trust in Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that uh, uh, Jesus is the same uh, yesterday, today and tomorrow. And that as we have our trust in him, that our lives and our future, our security is assured. Uh, not just now, but forevermore. Father, thank you for that. And we pray that we would be people who rejoice in living with Jesus as our eternal king. And we pray that at this time of Christmas that more and more people would come to know um, of um, the grace that you bestow uh, to all people um, through him. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.